Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Professor Slim King back with us, a paranormal researcher for really the majority of his life. Professor has designed mental illusions for dozens of professional magicians, including David Copperfield. He's a proud recipient of both the Merlin and Houdini Awards in radio magic and claims to be the world's foremost authority on Houdini's life after death. He has written about uh, the tarot, pendulums, numerology, palmistry, as well as dreams and omens. And here he is back on Coast to Coast. Professor, always a pleasure. It's great to be back on this show. I love this show. Well, we love you. How have you been? I've been really good. It's been a great year uh, for me. Uh, And I've just got to say that, like, Lisa Lyon and Stephanie Smith, uh, you know, members of your staff, they are top-notch. I mean, I've been on a lot of shows before, and... They uh, they probably know more about radio than uh, they probably forgot more than most people know. <laughs> I am so blessed. I've had them for going on eighteen years, and uh, it's oh. just remarkable. Yes, they are very very good. So it's just a delight to work with those gals, and uh, so fun to be on your show. Wasn't Halloween one of Harry Houdini's favorite times? Yes. Oh, he loved Halloween, and uh, it, it's kind of fitting that he died on Halloween, uh, and. Uh, what all the spirits uh, are everywhere and running around. And so that's why uh, they have all these Harry Houdini seances uh, coming up this next couple of weeks. Did he die in my hometown of Detroit, Professor? I think so. I do yeah. too. I think that's where he got smacked in the stomach or something. He busted his appendix. Is that what happened to him? Yeah. He was hit in the stomach and um, actually by a spiritualist. And this was about 10 days before he died. So uh, he was in the hospital about three days later. Uh, this Harry Houdini was a really strong person. It took him about a week to die in the hospital. Uh, so uh, I think today is like the anniversary of the day he went in. And uh, that's where he, uh, they finalized the code, the Houdini code with his wife, Beth, uh, that was so amazing when Arthur Ford uh, came up with that in 1929. What's your take on Halloween? I mean, everybody celebrates it all over the planet, don't they? I think Halloween is about the biggest, uh, it's bigger worldwide than any other holiday. If you kind of combine all the different uh, holidays from the different, uh, from like China and Japan, they all have a version of Halloween and they all come, uh, most of them are in the fall and right about the, the end of October and the beginning of November. Professor, is it one of those pagan rituals, Halloween? Um, well, it's a combination. The Catholic Church kind of had a, a thing where they would adapt a pagan uh, ritual or something into the, uh, the Catholic Church uh, to kind of bring in the, the sheep or whatever, however you want to look at it. And so they uh, started All Saints Day which was November 1st, and All Souls Day, November 2nd. And that coincided with some Celtic, uh, you know, pagan rituals around the same time. Uh, Everybody has their own kind of a a Day of the Dead, the Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead, (laughs) South America, uh, Spanish thing. So people celebrate, uh, you know, the death of people and that their life, or some existence goes on. Are any of the celebrations evil or dangerous? 
well, uh, that depends on who you're talking to, but some are very, very, very dangerous. Mm. Uh, if you're digging up dead bodies, I don't know if that's the most sanitary thing. And some of these, uh, like in Malaysia, they dig up the body and rearrange the bones and repackage the, the person and have uh, like a picnic with them and then put them back in the ground. How long had that person been dead when they do this? They do it uh, annually uh, until the person's totally decomposed. Oh, my God. So, um, and then there's a big controversy because they have a uh, an old-fashioned plague in some of those areas, and they, it's because of this practice. Uh, some medical doctors don't agree, but it seems fair to me that, that maybe that might be dangerous. You're kind of an expert in dealing with communicating with the other side. How did you get involved in that? Well, I've been studying that and what people, uh, how they do it. Uh, of course, this Houdini thing really got me excited because he was able to contact Houdini, Arthur Ford was. And, and then um, since our show last year, my father passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, and he and I were like, he was my best friend. My father was my best friend. We did a lot of things together. And although he lived about 2,500 miles away, we spoke on the phone two, three times a week. And politically and everything else, we lined up. So we're very, very, very close. So communicating with him, and I wondered about this when he was starting to fail and get weaker. Uh, Could I communicate after he passed away? And I think a lot of people want to know, you know, uh, what's going on? You know, what happens after they die? Sure. And, and so that really got me since our last call. And so I started checking out, uh, and I knew Jeanette Lucas, uh, who you had on last week. I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Jeanette uh, kind of showed me how to, how to sleep and how to incubate in your dreams and uh, initiate this contact. And so I started uh, started trying that, and it flat out worked. It worked for me and my father, and it worked for my best friend, uh, my cousin. Share some of those techniques with us, Professor. Well, I meditate before I go to bed and uh, pray, or if you believe in a divine, some kind of creator or something, I ask that... Uh, that uh, in my subconscious, I believe the subconscious is the gateway to the spiritual world, that they speak to us through dreams and visions, and when you're in a trance or if you're asleep and you're unconscious, that's how they communicate. So I just ask, uh, you know, the supreme being or whatever, if they would allow that to happen while I sleep, then I drink about, I drink about as much water as I can hold. I drink about a half gallon of water. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. And guess what that makes you do? Yeah, you get up enough. <laughs> right. You wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's you got to right. go to the bathroom. Right? you got to go to the men's room. And But the good part is you remember what you're dreaming about. Aha. Uh-huh. Is that why you do it? Yes. And that's, kind of that's force you to one wake of up. the secrets that Jeanette taught me. And... Uh, so I began doing that, and I'd wake up, and then you can keep a dream log. I just try to remember what happened. And so I get up, and I remember what was going on, and these dreams are extremely vivid. And, uh, you know, I got on Facebook, and I asked 
uh, all my friends. I got a couple thousand friends, and I got literally dozens, if not over a hundred people, that say that they see their relatives in their dreams. I would believe that. We get a lot of phone calls from people who have seen their relatives, or they come, or they even the weird stuff is they get calls on the telephone. And, you know, they have a caller ID. The phone number may say 000000 or something like that. That's strange, too. You know, I have, and I always call him Uncle Otto. Um, his name is Otto Koenig, Koenig uh, in Germany. And, and since the 60s and uh, to now, he's done um, ITC work. He's done this, uh, you know, electronic communication with uh, the other side. But he's German, and everything was published in German, and sometimes French. But um, And just this last year, they uh, translated one of his books, and it's called Listen. And it's about using electronics to talk to people on the other side. And he uses lasers and all kinds of stuff. He's kind of a, a homemade scientist guy. He'll try anything, you know, just uh, out-of-the-box thinker. Uh, Otto Koenig and... Uh, so my relatives are all named Koenig. So. There was an original device called the SpiritCom that was developed years and years ago, and that was a device that they claimed was used to talk to the dead. It's, uh, it's interesting, but, you know, if you believe everything is energy, uh, then there's that possibility that you can communicate with the other side that way. Yes, yes. Energy is not uh, created or lost. It goes somewhere, and that's why I think our personalities survive. The imprint of our personality survives in, in another state. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.